This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. With a collage of arts and culture around Melbourne and beyond. Colin Armstrong, Aesthetica on Joy 94.9. Welcome, I'm Colin Armstrong with Aesthetica on Joy 94.9. Thanks for joining me. With me as always in the studio uh, on the panel tonight is Mark. Um, Hi Mark. Hi, how are you going Colin? Good, Good, thanks Mark. We've got a great show today Um, and um, we've once again continuing as we did last week. uh, We're going to be talking about some Christmas things and then also about um, improvisation. So to enlarge on that, Mark, we've actually got um, on Aesthetico, we have um, the very talented music director and chief conductor, Andrew Wales of the Royal Melbourne Philharmonic. And Julie Horton's in the studio also um, from the Royal Melbourne Philharmonic to talk about carols in the cathedral, which is taking place next weekend. Also joining me in the studio at a little bit later is Daniel Pavatich. And Daniel is a very interesting uh, man and he's going to talk about his connection with the improv conspiracy. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. As I said at the beginning of the program, it's the time of year when we start talking and, and hearing about what's on and around Melbourne um, with, um, with the Christmas uh, festivities that are on. And I'd like to say that the magic of carols in the, in the cathedral with the Royal Melbourne uh, Philharmonic is something that is truly amazing. Nothing brings the spirit of Christmas alive like experiencing carols in the cathedral um, with the Royal Melbourne Philharmonic. Having started many years ago with one concert, demand from the public was such that after a uh, a few years, a second concert was added and after turning people away um, on both nights in 2011, last year the RMP added a third concert so that nobody need miss out on this magical night of Christmas music and literature. Loosely based on the English Nine Lessons and Carols tradition, the RMP combines the best of traditional Christmas music, Christmas gospel readings with some contemporary reflections and the power of brass, percussion and pipe band. It's really very fitting that I introduce to you the, um, the music director and chief conductor of the Royal Melbourne Philharmonic, um, Andrew Wales. Are you there, Andrew? I am, Colin. How are you? Uh, really, really well. Thank you. And I also uh, would like to welcome um, in the in the studio um, is Julie Horton. Hi, Julie. Hi, Colin. Now, Andrew, well, you've just taken a break from rehearsals um, to join yes. us, so I really appreciate that. That's fine. Yeah. So now tell me, Andrew, can you just give me a little bit, apart from what I've read out there, a bit about the history of carols and how wonderful it is to uh, the venue that you're doing it in? Yeah, well, uh, carols have gone back uh, for centuries, obviously, and they've been linked to Christmas. A lot of the the carols that we call carols that we're most familiar with, you know, Come All Ye Faithful and uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing and and so on, they're actually more specifically hymns. They're actually Christmas hymns that Mm. have been sung uh, in the the Christian church for for centuries. And then there are um, arias and songs that have been uh, made popular, things like Oh Holy Night or The Little Drummer Boys, we just heard. Um, More recent pieces that 
have become sort of traditional now and are associated with Christmas. Um, so there's a wonderful history of carols that goes back, you know, long, long, long time. And um, I suppose there are two types of, of carols. There are the traditional ones that actually deal with what Christmas is about, i.e. the story of the baby Jesus and all the bells and whistles that come with that, whether yes. it's the Magi or the slaughter of the innocents or the star of Bethlehem and all the different stories that are connected with the story of Christmas in the Christian tradition. And then there are the sort of the secular songs that have become popular in recent times. And we try and steer clear of them in these concerts. We try and stick to the the meaning, if you like, the Christian message of, of what Christmas is about. And it's whilst it's not a, a service by placing that music in the context of that magnificent cathedral with all the, the drums and the, the the symbology around, you know, the, 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 the brass instruments in that setting, you know, um, resonate and people can look around and see all those um, beautiful stained glass windows and the, the brass work and the mosaics and the tiles and the inspiring architecture. And I think it really does remind people of the, of the meaning, a lot of the words they're singing, you know, a lot of the carols get sung and played you know, and bastardised, for want of a better word, you know, in whether it's a lift or a shopping centre or a, a supermarket at Christmas. And sometimes it's nice to go back and hear them actually in a cathedral where they were designed to be performed um, and to listen to them in the, in the context of that. Mm. I know. I, I, I totally understand um, um, what you mean there because it wasn't at St Paul's, but it was at St Patrick's a couple of years ago. I went to a Christmas um, concert there and just to sit there and listen to the Christmas music um, with all of that around you, with the acoustic, with um, the atmosphere is just truly... It's beautiful. It's just, um, you know, really... Uh, a beautiful experience, I dare say, you'd say. It is. It is an experience. And, and you know, uh, in this busy age that we, we live in, people have limited time to be able to um, sit back and just listen sometimes and contemplate on, on those more reflective aspects of life. And I think with Christmas, it's such a mad frenzy. I mean, we're all running around. We're shopping for people. We're trying to buy food for the Christmas table and we're <laughs> doing all of our last-minute work and, and all the rest of it. And, and just for a couple of hours to sit down and listen to that beautiful music in that surrounding with those acoustics and then to actually have the chance to stand up and, and have a bit of a sing yourself. I think it's a, it, it hits a note with people and, mm. and we try and we try and recreate sort of a, a little bit of the uh, tradition of the nine lessons and carol service from King's College Cambridge and we cross that with the big family bark uh, Christmas concerts from the Royal Albert Hall in London and we cross that with a little bit of our own Australiana with a, a couple of little moments that sort of reflect on, on contemporary society here in Australia and, and, and try and bring that back to how it relates to Christmas and it's a nice combination and I think it's a it's a, a nice little tradition that we've started here in Melbourne mm. ourselves to celebrate Christmas in style. Andrew, without talking about Julie's uh, role in um, the upcoming uh, Carols in the Cathedral, um, yeah. I'm going to talk to her about that in a moment. But I, I just wanted to highlight you've got the uh, the very talented Stephanie Gibson uh, singing on the night, I believe, and who was also um, in The Messiah last week and who I had the pleasure of interviewing last week as well. Yeah, Stephanie's been a busy girl. And um, uh, before that, of course, she was a, uh, a runner-up in the Royal Motor Philharmonic's ARIA competition this year and also a finalist in Herald Sun Aria. So Stephanie's had a very busy year and um, she's singing beautifully. And every year I, I use a couple of different voices and, and, and little cameos, if you like, within the... Um, the context of the concert. We obviously have three choirs and we have various forms of accompaniment. And then it's just nice, I think, to highlight a single voice at a couple of points 
mm-hmm. in the concerts to just let people refocus. And I think there's a, there's a sort of a, a sensory overload. I think if you hear too many of those big, uh, magnificent carols, you sort of need to sit back and, and have something a little more focused and a little bit more intimate. And mm-hmm. so Stephanie's going to sing um, uh, a couple of pieces, uh, two very contrasting pieces. One is by Benjamin Britten, the the great English composer of the last century, and Mm -hmm. and a beautiful piece that he wrote called the Corpus Christi Carol, which is very simple. And that'll just feature the harp and uh, and Stephanie's beautiful soprano voice. And then uh, a favourite that everyone loves is is the... Cantique de Noël, O Holy Night, we know it as in English. Um, everyone's favourite Christmas song, I think, that one, which is a French piece which dates from the Romantic period, and, uh, and that'll be, that'll be a, a great way of showing off her, her more operatic voice. So, yeah, Stephanie will make a, a beautiful contribution uh, okay. to the concert, and, and I think, you know, those moments... Um, so for everyone that comes to the concerts, I try and create a moment, you know, a special moment, whether it's everyone's got their own favourite carol or whether it's the tradition of the children singing once in Royal David City or whether it's the great fanfares or whether it's that quiet, reflective moment where the harp plays while the words are spoken or or whether it's, you know, the idea of a thousand people singing together, Mortisimo uh, mm-hmm. and O Come All Ye Faithful. Um, they're all little moments that to different people mean something and that create a special moment for them for Christmas. And I think that's what the concert's really all about. It's about um, bringing together as much of this wonderful music as possible and giving people a special moment for Christmas. Yeah, and it's always nice to have something that they can take away. Now, if I can yep. ask, just um, ask Julie, thanks for joining us in the studio here at Joy 94.9. Uh, Julie, it's really a pleasure to meet you and see you today. Now, your role uh, working um, with uh, Royal Melbourne Philharmonic for um, Carols in the Cathedral, um, I believe you and Roland Roccicelli uh, have got special roles within the, the performance. Would you we, like to tell me about that? Oh, I'd love to. Roland and I are, are both trained as professional actors and Andrew had an idea a few years ago that it would be lovely perhaps to have a couple of actors bringing the gospel readings to life. And would we, we're also both journalists, Roland and myself, would we like to write something about the experience of Christmas? So Roland always writes something and he's got a wonderful way of writing for himself and he's often quite controversial, which is a really good idea. He challenges people and he's got such a beautiful voice and such wonderful delivery that people do hang off his every word. So I'm not sure what he's doing this year, but it'll be worth listening to. And of course, he's doing gospel readings. And I also do a couple of gospel readings and I write a reflection. The last couple of years it's been on an Australian Christmas and the great W.G. James, author of Christmas Day and those sort of carols. This year I've decided to go back to what life was like when the cathedral was being built, when England was home to those of us who lived here. So I'll be exploring what Noel Coward and John Betjeman thought about Christmas and I think I might get a few laughs along the way. I think that sounds wonderful. It's such a a shame that I actually will be out of Melbourne and I won't be able to uh, witness that. And it must be, um, though, Julie, it must be really um, a a fabulous experience to uh, be at um, uh, Carols in the Cathedral with amazing music and, of course, the very talented Andrew Wales with his um, you know, uh, with the Royal Melbourne Philharmonic. Oh, it's always a pleasure to work for Andrew. I have to say that because he's my boss, but it really is. He produces a wonderful result. And I think one of the terrific things that Andrew manages to achieve with these concerts is they're accessible to people of faith and people of, of none. Mm-hmm. We're creating a magical theatrical musical experience for you to take whatever you want from it, some quiet time, like Andrew said, or simply immerse yourself in 
beautiful music Mm -hmm. and I think people go away feeling uplifted. That's the feedback that we get and that's why, of course, we had to go to three concerts because people want this experience. You don't get it in life and here it is for you and we love people to applaud, as Andrew always explains. So it's not like being in a church but you get all the benefits and the lovely feelings. And I think um, if I um, may say, Andrew, it's really um, um, nice to know that there's going to be some really um, some musical carols um, that we're not going to know because I think often, it's like you said in the intro, that, um, that often we just think of this, you know, well, the uh, carols that we're brought up with as, That's right. as our parents um, played for us, maybe. And therefore, but it's really nice to see all this alternative. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, it, it, there's a wonderful history. And the, the hardest thing that I find about these concerts every year is knowing what to leave out more than what to include. Mm. There's, so much, there's so much music. But I try and keep... I have a little sort of, um, I suppose it's like a recipe every year, and I try and keep about one half of the concert is the same. So there's a, there's a, there's a familiarity that people really want to hear, O Come All Ye Faithful, and they really want to hear Hark the Herald Angels Sing, those great moments that are iconic that they sort of associate with, with Christmas. You know, it's not Christmas until they've sung the, the death cant in the sixth verse of O Come All Ye Faithful. <laughs> so, so I try and keep about half, the concert the same and then about a quarter of the concert I try and make a little bit unusual whether it be a cameo performance by a soloist or an unfamiliar piece or or something sung in a foreign language something that people probably haven't heard before if ever mm-hmm. and then about a quarter of it I try and mix up with carols that people love but that maybe we don't do every year so for example this year we'll hear something for example the little drummer boy um, which is a beautiful carol which mm. which you know um, deserves it, it deserves a place in there somewhere but we wouldn't do it necessarily every year no. um, we're also going to sing a beautiful setting of the of the um, Coventry carol Luli Lula Lule which is again a carol that often gets overlooked these days in favour of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or, or a song you know like Jingle Bells which really has no relevance to either Christmas um, or, or particularly Christianity or anything to do with Christmas in Australia it's a song you know which is about a horse and a guy taking a girl out roll, you know, ice skating in, in America in winter. And, you know, it's about horses and cows and people, you know, jumping into sleighs and the sound of the bells on the sleigh. It doesn't have anything really to do um, with, uh, with us. And so there'll also be a few Australian pieces in there that just remind us that, you know, we, we celebrate Christmas in, in the middle of, of a blazing summer. And mm. so those wonderful mm. words of um, John Wheelers, for example, you know, the north wind is tossing the leaves, the red dust is over the town, mm. the sparrows are under the eaves and the grass in the paddock is brown. I mean, they haven't heard of a brown paddock in Europe in winter. Well, of course um, not, no. And, and I think that's lovely too. So we try and, and cover a lot of territory and I think, um, I think it's a good. I think it's a good recipe. It seems to work. The cake rises every year. Andrew, I'm going to ask Julie in just a moment about times and location and tickets. But can I just before I um, ask uh, Julie that um, I believe that uh, only. A matter of days after... Um, hours. Hours, actually, is it, Julie? Sorry. Uh, hours after um, ca- um, Carol's in the cathedral. Um, you have a very special trip planned. Yes. I'll actually be leaving about literally about four hours after the last concert on the oh Saturday night. I'll be heading to book... Uh, to. Uh, 
uh, pack up a, a large van full of equipment and head to the airport to lead the Royal Melbourne Philharmonic Orchestra to China. Um, we'll be performing uh, a series of uh, 10 or 11 concerts in China um, beginning uh, the very next day. So uh, we'll, we'll be on the flight, I think, at 4am, I think, um, to to Shanghai and then we transfer up to uh, Hefei and then a few days later the Australian Children's Choir who are singing in the carols of, in the cathedral they'll join the orchestra in Xinying in Inner Mongolia uh, and they'll then um, follow the orchestra and perform with the orchestra in the rest of the concerts. Um, we're going to let them stay at home for Christmas so they can be with their mums mm-hmm. and dads and brothers and sisters but then Boxing Day first thing they'll be they'll be off to China too so they're very excited so. Uh, Yes, it's a it's a very How busy, exciting. very busy time, very exciting time. But there'll be something, I think, of a relief when I hear those bells ring out at the end of the last descant after half the Herald Angel finishes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be thinking to myself, now I've got four hours to get changed and get this yeah. van packed and get to the airport. So it'll be a, it'll be a busy time, but it'll be a wonderful way to end the year in Australia. What a um, um, what a, an amazing thing to be able to take the Royal Melbourne Philharmonic to China. I think that's fantastic. And, yeah, and hope uh, it'll be good fun. Yeah, and hopefully um, I'll get to talk to you um, um, early next year, and we can see how it went. Julie, can you tell me um, times yeah, of, and location? Well, we know the location, but. I've just been waiting to do that. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> uh, yes, now, Friday the 20th of December, we start at 8.30, so that gives people a chance to have a meal and relax after work and toddle on to the cathedral. Saturday the 21st of December, we have two times. We have a matinee at 3 o'clock and then we have an evening performance at 8 o'clock. And if you'd like to book, the easiest way is to hop Through online. Ticketmaster. You can certainly do Ticketmaster, uh, ticketmaster.com.au or ring 136100. But trybooking.com is an excellent way to book as well if you're watching your pennies at Christmas too. Mm-hmm. So either of those, trybooking.com or Ticketmaster, or you can take your chances at the door, but it does get a bit packed. If you can pre-book, that's always best. Fantastic. This afternoon on Aesthetica on Joy 94.9, we've had Julie Horton and Andrew Wales in to talk about carols in the cathedral. There'll be some postings on um, Aesthetica's uh, social media pages shortly. Andrew, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you again. This is my third time. Uh, I think late this year I've had the pleasure to talk to you and it's always a delight Um, and thank you so much for talking with us about um, uh, Carols in the Cathedral. I wish you a great uh, three concerts there or three performances and a very safe travel to China and back. Thanks Colin, it's always lovely having a chat and yes we're looking forward to it and hopefully uh, we'll come back safely and hopefully you'll have a a great Christmas too and everyone listening uh, I hope it's not too hot, it certainly won't be in China. (laughs) No, and Julie Horton, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a pleasure, thank Thank, you for inviting me. Thanks Julie. You can find more Joycast and show blogs, go to joy.org.au you're with Colin Armstrong um, on Joy 94.9 with Aesthetica. And um, next week, um, I just want to um, talk about next week's show. Um, very um, Aesthetica is going on the road. And uh, Mark will be here in the studio, Mark, won't you? I definitely will. I'll be taking the t- home turf in yeah, Melbourne. Thank you. And I'm actually going to check out Arts and Culture in the top end of Australia in Darwin. And providing that we have everything working technologically, 
hopefully, um, I will be um, on the line with Mark and talking about what's happening there. So it'll be great, Mark. It's yes. going to be a great show. And as you said, if, if things go awry with the phone, we might have a lot of music next week, but we'll, we should be fine. We'll be fine. Now, it's um, also a pleasure to have in the Joy 94.9 studio today, and I've also got uh, someone on the line as well. We're here to talk about um, um, film improvisation and about the improv conspiracy. My name... Uh, uh, in the studio, I've got um, Dan Pavitich, and on the line, I actually have Marcus Willis. So, welcome, Dan. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here, Colin. Yeah, it's good to have you in the studio as well. And uh, Marcus. Hello. Hi, how are you? Now, good. that's good. Now, um, you've both been um, performing or improvising for approximately um, two years, um, and I believe. So, tell me about. Uh, perhaps Dan um, about what that is yeah great so it's in many ways it's acting without a script Mm -hmm. Um, what we do is a little bit different to other forms of improvisation people might have seen Uh, people are very familiar with whose line is it anyway and that sort of thing which is here's an idea play that little game for a little while then we cut to maybe Drew Carey and do something else. Um, what we do is we get on stage and we tell a story or explore an idea for 30 minutes. Um, so it's less about how do you play within a specific rule and more about how do I explore an idea with um, a bunch of what is great actors in Melbourne. We have great improvisers here. And in um, and, and Marcus, um, your role with, um, within this? Yeah, well, Dan and I work together with uh, the film format and also with the uh, improv conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's just about having fun and, uh, you know, being silly in a place where we can all support each other and, as Dan said, telling a story. And I think that's really important. I mean, to be able to tell that story, have a great time, um, and I dare say um, audiences that see that, you know, take that away as well and and enjoy um, everyone um, enjoying themselves. So um, how, say, on the night when you're performing, um, how does that work? Yeah. You you just make a suggestion or...? Uh, We take a title from the audience. So some examples, we got Three Men Flying, The Plastic Man, um, An Elephant in Paris... And uh, as an example, the Plastic Man was almost a parody of RoboCop, Mm -hmm. except he was made out of plastic, Mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting. (laughs) Three Men Flying was Top Gun. Oh, yes. So the comedy comes from people knowing, getting what we're referring to. And the challenge is definitely having fun with it, but working out as a group, all right, what film are we calling back to? Mm -hmm. Three Men Flying is maybe obvious, but... Some less so. Yeah, no, and I, I suppose the other thing about that, um, and possibly um, Marcus, is that you never know what you're going to do, um, or, or you know, because mm-hmm. if you, uh, you know, it's it's all very well um, to be able to, uh, if you're an actor, um, to get a script and um, you know exactly when you're coming on and what you're saying and what line you're going to deliver and you can rehearse it and you're never going to make a mistake, yeah. hopefully. Um, yeah. And and but with you guys, it's just you know get. get a few ideas and you've got to take it from there yeah, yeah definitely marcus it's, sorry it's so scary um and it's but also a great feeling to walk on a stage with having absolutely nothing uh like you said but um like some of the titles that dan just said um people are so inventive mm-hmm. so um like what a great suggestion plastic man or three men flying so yeah. yeah we get so much joy from that the audience can say anything and 
and we get to yeah create something that we didn't know could ever exist. Yeah, and I think that, um, uh, Marcus, um, and I, I know that uh, we've got you on the line. So earlier, before we came to her, I was talking to uh, Dan about uh, recently we've had um, the group Impromptunes on Aesthetica. And I dare say that, you know, you're, you're probably um, both um, both lots of improvisation people. And, and out of that, um, you know, the point is that um, I was quite amazed. I had to give them titles and how they or, or, or suggestions for something and how they came up with it. And they performed live in the studio. But it's just amazing. And I think, and I haven't seen you perform, but I'm sure it's correct. It's the creativity in the, the imagination on, on the occasion that gets you through. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's so right. Um, yeah, there's just like an electric kind of X factor in the room where you don't know what's going to happen. And that keeps you moving forward because you're terrified and excited and having fun at the same time. And um, I and I dare say that you've got to um, you get to know each other really really well, uh, Dan. And oh, so yeah. and saying that and when you know each other well, you almost know perhaps what that person's going to do or be or, or say. Yeah, you definitely as you get to know people, you get a better feel for what they're doing. But a lot of it works off. There's a very simple idea we all believe, um, which is called yes and. So everything you say to me, everything you imply, I absolutely agree is real and add my own piece to it. Right. Um, so it's kind of bring a brick, not a cathedral, and we build something bigger than we could on our own. Yeah, which is just amazing. Now, um, is it true that earlier in the year you were overseas? Yeah, we in were Chicago? in Chicago. So for tell me about that. Uh, so uh, every year the Improv Olympic runs a summer intensive Mm -hmm. or summer camp and people from approximately 140 people go over there from Estonia to Spain to everywhere you can imagine they come across and train at the IO because it's it's known to be one of the best schools Uh, and um, and you just work together there workshop together I dare say yeah so they have um, five levels of training you go through and it's where People the likes of Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, you know, Chris Farley, um, a lot of the greats trained there. So it was great to be able to go through the same training, meet people who knew them and taught them and have their experience. And Marcus, you were there as well? Yeah. Um, as Dan said earlier, like, we have a lot of great uh, improvisers in Melbourne, but Chicago is like, the next level because there's five shows a night, every night of the week, and it's just an incredible feeling. You learn so much in such a short period of time. So, mm. yeah, mm. we love that. We really want to go back. And I dare say, too, it's so great having people from around the world. You Not, not only are you learning um, about different cultures, you're learning about different improvisation, you're learning about different um, characters, people, all of that, which is just such a great learning tool. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the even though there's definitely different styles and different approaches, we all agree that we have to agree to make it work. Yeah. Um, and that means you can perform with anyone, literally anyone. Yeah. And now I believe that um, the format, um, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, mm. that the format um, was developed uh, for the um, Improv Olympics was uh, developed by a comedy and improv legend, Del Close. And he's uh, famous for being not only an amazing comedian, genius, actor and improviser, as well as um, an inspiration to a lot of great comedians. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, so Del was 
an actor and writer and commit all those things you said, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but trained a lot of the people you know today. Mm. Um, also uh, performed with Second City, which is a, mm. a massive, massive thing, um, and directed there some of their best shows and established what mm. some people believe to be the the basics of long form improvisation. Yeah, so he certainly left a legacy there. Yeah. With I mean, when you look at uh, the amount of names that have uh, that have either trained with him or worked with him who are just amazing actors and comedians today that we probably see there. Um, just amazing. And um, he died in 1999, um, uh, but he's certainly left a great legacy um, for um, improv, I would say. Yeah, and even when you study at the Improv Olympic, his ashes are on the wall. Okay. Uh, so that they still want his influence to be on the work. Cool. Because uh, he was such a, I guess, moral compass to... To what they do there? Yeah, that's that's um, that's just amazing. And um, Marcus, uh, the um, shows um, I believe recently you've had something, but anything coming up in? Uh, I understand it late this year, but anything in twenty fourteen you've got planned, or can we yeah, talk about well, uh, the if, if we're allowed the, to talk about it? <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, yeah, from January twenty second, uh, the Improv Conspiracy kicks off our weekly shows now, okay. which is at uh, the Dan O'Connell. So. Uh, Dan and I and a whole bunch of super talented improvisers will be there every single week on a Wednesday night and uh, also in the comedy festival coming up next year in March. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's, that sounds um, to be to be part of the comedy inter- Melbourne International Comedy Festival. That's um, a, a really great thing. So January, where are you performing starting from? In January. At the Dan O'Connell in Carlton. I beg your pardon. Yes, you did say that. Sorry. Um, and that's the Improv Conspiracy Weekly that's going to be. Exactly right. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, okay. Well, that you know, it's. I think that um, to have. I, I think to have the talent and to be able to just improvise. I mean, we're very good at you know anyone can talk and say things and do things but um, to just put a, uh, put a show together I suppose in the words of uh, impromptu tunes it's, um, it's a film that sort of opens and closes in one night like their show yeah. opens and closes in one night yeah. um, and if, if you do a really great performance you can't take it on to the next night or, yeah. or play it again next <laughs> week can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly definitely right. not but yeah. that's uh, a part of the charm of it we, you know Dan and I speak about shows we did a year and a half ago and still remember it line from line but that's the beauty of it that it'll never happen again but we always remember that but it's great to remember those performances those fabulous performances that you do and i do say that gives you the challenge to move forward and just um try any you know continue to work on it um and and do more yeah yeah so well i wish you well with january um and um if you uh, want to pop back and talk about it early in, in 2014 um certainly you're welcome back in the studio to do that there's um we'd love to be able to uh talk to you about that again um in the studio sorry um marcus I was just saying thank you. Oh, that's okay. Um, in the studio tonight, um, I've had um, Dan Pavitich, um and I have had on the line um, Marcus and Marcus Willis, and uh, they've been talking about uh, the improv conspiracy. So um, certainly keep an eye out for that early in the new year, um, and it, it'll be absolutely fantastic. So I thank you both for joining um, Aesthetica on Joy 94.9. 
Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. You're with Colin Armstrong uh, on Joy 94.9 with Aesthetica. Recently, I had the pleasure of, um, for um, this season, um, I actually had the pleasure of going to the Brandenburg, uh, the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra and Choir, which was on down at the Melbourne Recital Centre. And I just wanted to... uh, talk to you about it because it was just the most amazing concert it was called Noel Noel and it was uh, it was really a, a beautiful concert and I think the Australian band Brandenburg Orchestra is one to keep in mind whenever you know that they're in town uh, on this particular evening um, Max Rebel was the um, the counter tenor and he was the soloist and all I can say that if you ever get the opportunity to see Max um, please go Go along and see him. Um, he did the most beautiful rendition of Somewhere Over the Rainbow that just brought tingles and almost um, it was very emotive. It was just the most beautiful performance I think that I have seen. And so it was just um, a- a- amazing. Um, and so that was um, uh, on just a little while ago. And recently we had Evan Lawson also on and um, we talked to Evan about uh, the opera he'd composed for the Forest Collective. And it was on our at the um, the Abbotsford Convent um, and the most beautiful location for it and it was Calypso and it was another great performance. Evan announced on the night that they will be performing early in the new year, early in 2014, um, at uh, the Melbourne Recital Centre. So that's really something uh, to keep an eye out for as well when uh, Forest uh, Collective go down to the Melbourne Recital Centre, which is a great venue and some great acoustics there. So I know Evan and the team from uh, the Forest Collective are really looking forward to doing that. And um, uh, coming up this week, of course, uh, as we head towards the weekend, we've, um, as we've spoken to Andrew and Julie today uh, on Aesthetica, uh, don't forget Carols in the Cathedral, um, which is uh, they're doing three performances. It always gets to be a busy time of year uh, with everything else, as Andrew explained earlier in the program. But if you can take some time out and listen um, to the uh, Royal Melbourne Philharmonic, um, it is is really well worth listening to. Um, you're on Joy 94.9. Colin Armstrong on Joy 94.9. You're on Aesthetica, and um, it's really um, great to also be able to uh, take Aesthetica on the road next week. I'm actually going to be in Darwin to investigate some um, culture at the top end, and uh, I will be uh, broadcasting uh, live with the aid of technology with Mark in the studio here, so I do hope you can join us then uh, for um, Aesthetica. It will really be, um, I, I want to see what's happening in Darwin, I've got. I'm hoping to get some uh, some interviews there for you 
as well. So that will be a, a really a good program. Um, it's been um, a delight to uh, you know work um, with you, uh, be with you up until uh, to do talk about the Christmas. Um, and uh, so, and as I said, to have Andrew Wales, and then we had last week we actually talked about Handel's Messiah. Uh, so um, it's uh, a busy time of year, and um, it but it's never too busy to enjoy some arts and culture around Melbourne and beyond. With a collage of arts and culture around Melbourne and beyond, Colin Armstrong, Aesthetica, on Joy 94.9. Um, as I said, uh, if you want to catch up with um, what Daniel Pavitich is doing in the Improv Conspiracy, they return onto the scene late January and um, they're going to hopefully pop back and see us, but they're going to also uh, let us, let me know so I can let you know uh, where they're p- uh, performing. And that's um, imp- improvisation by film, and so that's really quite interesting. I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight. Thanks, Mark, for uh, being on the panel. That's all right. Thank you, Colin. And uh, as I said, uh, next week we'll be coming live from Darwin. Thank you. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.